This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's exactly where my mind went. Leave nobody unturned. Yeah, oh, the portable hole. You know what, Red? Shut up. What are we looking at here? Never mind. Yeah. Use your coat. Bother with it. I think I found out what the goo is. If I uh, attack this thing with an axe, is it going to do anything? Or uh, You shouldn't take things from the dead. The place deserves to be remembered. That's kind of what I was thinking. Hey, this is going to add a little bit of bleed damage every time you whack somebody with it. These are meta comments, okay? Uh, whoa. Crit, that's a natural 20. Hey! Those are rare from you. It's it's true. It might be like the second in ever. Welcome back to Dice Shame. This is season two, episode 29, Chop Shop. MVP this week is Casanova6400, who's been hanging out with us on Discord. Thank you so much for joining us, Casanova. Thanks, Casanova. InvictusCon 2023 is right around the corner, and we're proud to announce the panels. On Saturday, March 25th at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, join us for fascinating, educational, and entertaining panels on TTRPG design, sound design, and horror writing, featuring industry guests from Tim Woods to Johnny Sims. We'll be streaming everything live from our YouTube page, and you can find all the details on our Discord. You won't want to miss it. All right, should we get down to business? Yeah, let's do it. Ow! Chop, chop! Red, you push in the handles on this silver coffin and you hear a click with each. And then you push it open? Yes. You lift the lid of the metal coffin. Red, it's no easy feat for you. <sighs> Old noodle arms. Fuck you! <laughs> don't make him do a strength I don't check. Like taking the risk in here. It's like in super danger and you're just yelling in insults. <laughs> Look at that weenie struggle. I'm just thinking it so loud. If you're listening to my thoughts, that's on you. We've already established that Jack mutters out loud. These are meta comments, okay? Yeah. God, Red's such a wuss. <laughs> Once opened, Red, you detect... A multitude of magical items. Red's like, oh, it looks really dangerous. Stay out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Scoop them all up. You find three magical items and one mundane item. The first is a long band of cloth with dark thorns sewn into it. The second appears to be a golden pocket watch. The third is a metal whistle shaped like a dragon. Wow. What's the mundane? The mundane item is a bunch of old fucking dynamite. Oh. (laughs) This looks extremely dangerous. Some substance seems to have leaked out, fusing everything together. Oh, it's fusing everything together. The dynamite sticks 
are essentially one giant stick. The fuses um. on the dynamite still look good, though. Additionally, you find that there are two vials of some kind of liquid that have been wired up to the inside of this coffin mm. uh, to the handles. Are they easy enough to remove? It would be sleight of hand. <sighs> Red looks towards the door, looks towards it, says, might as well make sure. And I will try to remove those because I don't want Jack reaching in for a magic item and blowing up. I'd feel okay. guilty. So you're going to try to disarm this. Well, thanks for thinking of me, buddy. I'm worried that, yeah. I mean, who knows, right? Like if this room gets filled with fire, it very well could trigger uh, mm -hmm. these vials to burst. And I mean, I can't disarm dynamite, so. All right. Roll sleight of hand. 23. Describe how you very carefully disarm this trap. I don't think Red does it with any pompous circumstance. I think he does it very deftly and professionally. I mean, Red's got woodworker's paws, you know? He, he's a Fletcher by trade. Red does have this artistic side, and you see it done when he takes these out and he puts them on the floor. He's got assassin's hands. I can strangle a human. I can strangle this bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I'll cool. uh, great I don't job. Know, put them. I mean, where the fuck? I'm, I mean, they're just liquid, so I'll yeah. probably break them. Once the they're unconnected from yeah. like the wires, they're mundane. Red just smashes them into an empty crate. Great. And uh, yeah, he bucks over to the fire one. Cool. First one's down. He <laughs> straddles it. <laughs> like a fucking like he's gonna force. <laughs> he learned he to love the fire bowl. coffin. I mean, this no one had any better ideas, correct? I I don't think we had any other clues. No. So red stands over the thing, and I think with the three buttons being on either side of the head, on either side of the chest, and on either side of the feet, red will press them at the same time, but in descending order. So head, chest, feet. If I remember the old gnomish rhyme, head, shoulders, knees, toes. And so yes, I think exactly. that's probably the right... But there's only three that's buttons exactly on where my mind went. I'm like, all we need is like their another... Their knees and their toes are really yeah. close together. Head, yeah. shoulders, head shoulders, knees, toes. Yeah, they're all built like Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> that's right. Uh. <laughs> all right. So Red straddles the thing and he presses the two buttons into the head and he's like closing one eye. He's like leaning away from it. Yes. As you depress the two buttons beside the gnome's head... You hear click, and they stay depressed. Okay. Aww. <laughs> you poor buttons. We got to chew these guys up. Yeah. And I move down, and I press the ones around the chest. You hear a click, and the buttons stay pressed in. And I go, and nothing's changed. No. Oh, apart from the fireball. <laughs> no, but I mean like. It starts burning. You died. <laughs> Hasn't like flipped over a faceplate. No, and it's been no, like nothing's you changed. You smell smoke. <laughs> you do yeah. start to hear a ticking clock. <laughs> and Red, he bends down by the feet of the coffin to the... get rid of any fire that blows at the top. Mm -hmm. And he presses those. And those final buttons stay pressed in. Mm. Okay. And Red stands over top and he lifts the coffin lid. Mm -hmm. Red lifting the lid of the coffin reveals the long deceased body of a gnome oh. flesh dried into a powdery looking leather and stretched over aged bones lips peeled back from teeth studded with metal fillings mm. the gnome is dressed in elaborate vestments which are stained with decay his arms folded over his chest in repose clutched in skeletal hands the hilt of a jeweled short sword there are carapaces of dead beetles and two glass flasks of some clear liquid. 
The flasks are wired to some mechanism on the inside of the coffin's handle. Red does the same thing and just removes the ability to set them off by any sort of interaction, just so that they're uh, not mundane. What do you call it? Disarm. Dis- diffuse, disarm. Inert. 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 Yes. Dessert. Delicious. <laughs> and uh, Red turns to the skull coffin and just pushes the thing off. <laughs> oh, no. No? Isn't that Kaboom. what we're supposed to do? I thought you said the same thing as you, Joe. I thought he said he just took the skeleton and pushed it out. I'm like, <laughs> yes, no. Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. He just <laughs> took the skull and he went, fuck this. Fuck you, now. Who's this fucking gnome? What's underneath here? They got a false bottom on this thing? We got leave nobody unturned. <laughs> it's like, we did it. Time to desecrate some corpses. Yeah. <laughs> like big damn heroes. Like Indiana Jones. <laughs> the two explosions are, are disarmed. If everyone wants to come in, we can do it. Or if you just want me to pull off these lids, it's up to you. Pull off the other two lids. That's what I'd suggest. I push the lid off the uh, marble thing. <laughs> with the one with the skull? Yeah, I'm assuming the skull is affixed to the top. It is, yeah. yes. Within this coffin, there is a blood-stained dagger, as well as a little crushed metal helmet. Bits of hair are still stuck to the mangled helm. Gross. And I'll turn around and I'll do the most dangerous one, in my mind. All the coins? The ones with all the coins. You push off the lid, scattering coins all over the floor. Inside, you reveal what looks like the wrapped body of a small creature. The fabric enshrouding the creature is shiny and seems unmarred by centuries gone by. And more coins! I would I would put money on that shiny wrapping is something very valuable as well. Mithril! Uh, I don't... <laughs> I think that's a bad guy. Uh, all right, everyone can come in here. All right, all right. Jack, what do we got? Purposeful strides toward the dead guy. Runs towards the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> the Beatles. The Let be- me at the Beatles. Beatles. You said the Beatles were here? My favorite band. Uh, I was band. just about to make that joke. <laughs> and I'm going to go back to the first coffin with the magic items. Because they looked cool. Yeah, Mari looks at the at the coffin with the body. And see. All right, Jack. Which coffin are you looking in? I mean, the here? dead guy. The one that, that feels the most archaeology to me. I want to, cool. you know, Jack is is really interested in how know who this is. Zosenbaffel <laughs> folks, you know, Put the res- paid respect to the people they cared about. And so, he, I mean, he's just as much looking at every detail for his own curiosity as he's trying to find anything productive over here. Just if there's any, if there's anything on this, this guy that gives, that gives him a sense of a name or anything like that, he's very interested, but otherwise he's just kind of soaking in the Zosenbaffel culture. Yeah. He's wearing a fucking name tag that says, hi, my name is Fred. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you don't get a sense of this gnome's uh, title necessarily, but he surely must have been important to have been garbed so carefully. So he's got, yeah, the hilt of a jeweled short sword in his hands. Mm-hmm. Give it to Mari. She needs something. <laughs> yeah, I think Jack might carefully remove that just to admire the craftsmanship. It looks very fancy. Yeah, uh, you would estimate it's probably worth 100 gold to the right person. I'll keep it for the private collection for a hundred gold. This is a pristine look. It's been bejeweled. T- yeah, no, I, uh, yeah. Jack, Jack's all about carefully setting it, setting it down. Yeah, it's been bejeweled. You know, he does. He does. He does take a, a minute to examine those those beetles to figure out if they were there on purpose or something that crept in mm. after the fact. And then probably something that crept in based on the fact that this is a wooden coffin. A strange choice for the gnomes down here. You haven't seen that many other wooden constructions. Mm-hmm. Man of nature. Maybe he was a druid. Who else has got their eye on on some prize here? 
Doran's looking at the, um, he's going to investigate this marble coffin. Which one? There's two. Sorry, the marble one that had the skull on it, and then when it was opened up, it only had yeah. a helmet with some hair in it. Mm-hmm. I figure I'll leave the more exciting ones to you three. It's <laughs> <laughs> very generous of you. Yeah. So, you know, looking, at, you know, Doran kind of jumps up and leans in on his belly and <laughs> grabs the helmet, gets back out of the coffin. Mm. Mm-hmm. What are we looking at here? And he kind of looks inside of it and kind of gives it a smell and gives it an eyeball. Probably a helmet that a gnome would have worn. Mm, no way. Uh, and based on its condition, definitely did not do its job super great. Mm. Uh, looks like whoever was wearing it probably got smacked really good in the head and almost certainly died from that. If I pick up the the skull, it was uh, an ornamental mm-hmm. skull. It was made of wood, That's you right. said, right? Made of marble, yeah. Uh, marble. Does uh, Picking that up off the floor, you know, with... with this the helmet in the other in one hand and i pick up the skull in the in my other hand does the helmet fit on the ornamental skull no because the helmet's pretty crushed up okay but it looks like about the right size like it would Doran, it it's your time crushed. bend the helmet so it can fit on him and maybe <laughs> just rolling perception wise is, is there sure. any markings anything that would give any indication maybe not to me but someone that might be more knowledgeable on <laughs> Can I roll for someone else to notice something? Not me. No, let me let me rephrase. I'm not even gonna roll. Is there anything any markings whatsoever on the helmet other than damage? Um yeah, I mean there are some ornamental markings. There's like geometrical patterns, triangles, rhombuses, mm, other things. Interesting. Um but nothing that's like No clan identifiers or anything like that. No. Well, this is interesting. And he sort of just holds on to it. And and maybe I'll just take another look inside the uh, sarcophagus. Again, actually, I'm going to get in it. And I'm going to feel around for a false bottom. You fucking weirdo. (laughs) Doran, get out of there. There's nobody else in there, right? That's smart, though. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be anything else in there. But Doran, you're in this coffin. And it makes you feel like maybe one day... You'll have a coffin of your own. Yeah. <laughs> Put in the grave. This would be a great hot tub. This is very comfy. He's like, hey, Red. And he pops up. Ah! <sighs> you scared me again, you check. Uh, imagine I was dead. <laughs> uh. Mari, what are, you, what are you checking out? She sees Jack take the sword off of the, the body and the other one. And she just sort of goes, just be careful with taking things off of the dead. You know, that was... She feels uncomfortable with the idea of, of taking things from from the dead. Clearly, that was left with this this thing when it died, this this gnome when it died. Um, You'll get over it. Oh, I yeah. get it. Grave rob. Yeah. It's yeah. right there in the oh, name. Yeah. Like the it's, it's very meta. Um, and she goes over to the, uh, she sees Doran poking his head out and jumping in the other sarcophagus. She goes over to the mm. one that has the, the silvery thing in it and sort of just looks in mm-hmm. at this. Is it humanoid? Um, it's hard to tell because it, it's entirely encased in this shiny silver material. Uh, it's a, about the size of a small humanoid, yes. I'm trying to do like a, like a nature check or perception check to see if I could sort of maybe see. If, is, it, is, the fa- is it like fabric? Is it just, does it seem metallic? Yeah, it looks like fabric. Hmm. I poke it with a stick. Yeah, you poke it with your staff. How hard do you poke it? Just a little nudge, just to jar it a bit. Yeah, you hear kind of a crumbly crunch come from inside mm. I think it's just a dead thing delicious she reaches in and she touches the fabric Ooh, you feel a familiar thrill 
of a magic item. So Mario, Mario can feel when she touches it, she can feel the the delicate magic with it that it's in the in the fabric. But I guess also just the the crunchy, gristly body inside. Mm-hmm. Mm. The, the inner crunchy filling. Yes. Yeah. It's like a it's like a really awful candy, just desiccated, like a like chocolate wrapped around beef jerky. I want you to grab one side of the fabric and just roll the body that's, out. That's kind, of was, that's kind of what I was thinking. You should fucking do it seconds after chastising Jack for touching the dead. <laughs> that's like, the other thing too. Like, uh, wa- you shouldn't take things from the dead. <gasps> Meta is that I want to do that and then I also realize that I've written myself into a corner by... <gasps> so, no, the, I love the, it. No, no, Write yourself into a corner. That's the idea that she's touched it and left a handprint because whatever was in there crumbled and didn't spring back is very mm-hmm. funny to me. Yeah, it crumbles... And she looks around and hopes that no one noticed that whatever she's touched. <laughs> Red staring directly at her. What you doing, Mary? <laughs> I heard you tell Jack he shouldn't touch dead things, you, Mary. You, you're you right doing, beside Mary? me and you just told me off. I'm certainly watching. <laughs> yeah, we're all watching, like fucking staring you down. See, Mary, the thing is, we're all adventurers. If we don't take what's in here, the people who tried to get in before us, they would. And they'd be selling it. From an from the perspective of an archaeologist, I you know, I there we're certainly in that quagmire between respecting the dead and in a way, these people we, we don't know who who the, the heirs to Zosenbafel are, who the who the appropriate people to pay honor to these graves are, who sh- who should be here maintaining and protecting this place. No, see, I did, disagree with all that. That's cognitive dissonance again. All I'm saying is we are bad, but well, we're using it to our you, advantage. Well that, that was you, you let me build up the thought and then I said then not say because and finish the, the rest of it. But while they're doing that, Mari, um, carefully, she, she takes the, the um, flower dagger out and she stabs it into like her staff. And as it's growing flowers, she, she carefully unravels the fabric from around this thing and then puts the flowers into the, into the coffin. Oh, Mari, you shouldn't do that. The dead really don't like when you add other things into their coffins with them. <laughs> You know what, Red? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Mari, as you carefully, carefully bespoil the remains of this. No. There's like no you, elegant way to unravel you, that, too. It's like add horrific. fucking flowers for no reason while absolutely ruining this burial. Um, <laughs> you reveal a shiny silver cloak hooded and cut short for small creatures. And you also reveal like a half mummy guy yeah like, like a, a little gnome body yeah. <laughs> destroyed now yeah um his skull is caved in on one side where you poked him real hard with your <laughs> with your staff um now you're getting it Molly. nice cloak yeah thanks it's a crop top if a medium creature were to wear the cloak it hits about waist length just so everyone knows Oof. what we're looking at here if a medium creature would it, so you're gonna be wearing a <laughs> it's crop. like a fashionable cape i think it was in season in water a couple of years ago drape, drape it over <laughs> drape it over um doran <laughs> hmm i don't know i'll try it he takes it off and stuffs it in his jacket fred what are yeah, you? red opens the coffin again that he first opened and inside you said there was a pocket watch yeah, there's a, a golden pocket watch. Yeah. There's a length of carefully folded fabric in which dark spines have been sewn and a metal whistle that's in the shape of a dragon. Oh, I love all of these so much. I, I'll start with the fabric because it looks really fascinating. I'll mm-hmm. pick it up very carefully. 
All of these are magic items, you said. They are all magic items. Oh, and a bunch of old fucking dynamite. And some dynamite. Right. And I pet Stevie on my shoulder and I say, Look, you found that. Good job, buddy. Stevie excitedly wiggles his nose at you. Do you want to get close to it? No, no. <laughs> he's afraid of it. I just wanted to make sure. And I, I, I comfort him because he's so scared. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Red's standing in front of the coffin where he picked up the thing, and he's just going to look down at the cloak and wrap it around his neck. The fabric, the cloak, to be me. clear, is like a long strip of fabric with thorns sewn into it. Like physical or visual? Like Physical. Oh. Ooh, this looks damaging. Red wraps it around his arm so that the thorns are out. Eee, yeah. And kind of wears it for a second to, to feel its power. Red, you discover that although uh, it's wrapped around your arm right now, that it would probably be something that you would wrap around uh, a weapon of some kind to add bleed damage Ooh. to a melee attack. Red walks over to Mari and wraps it around her stick. Hey, this is going to add a little bit of bleed damage every time you whack somebody with it. And then mm. he heads back to the coffin. Yeah, then she whacks him in the head. Oh, no. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> no. So I've called this the thorn wrap. Creatures hit by your melee weapon take 1d6 bleed damage every turn. Ineffective against monsters that don't have blood at the DM's discretion. I want to check out that cloak yeah. that I pulled out. And Mari goes over to the cloak and she picks it up and inspects it and checks the, the seams to make sure that it's still like would stay together if she actually like put it on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she uh and she pulls it over her shoulders it's remarkable how well this fabric has kept over the years i mean it speaks to the fact that it is magical and as you wear it around and sort of get used to the fact that it doesn't quite fit you but it, it does not i mean it kind of makes you look fly um <laughs> it looks ridiculous <laughs> no one tell her she looks weird you have discovered it. a cloak of bartering that you figure if you were to wear this cloak on a day-to-day basis that you might have an easier time buying and selling goods and oh. find your financial fortunes much better. Too bad it's like you're trying to pass off a handkerchief for a cloak. <laughs> I think you <laughs> just No, it's like one of those one shoulder cloaks. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah, you can yeah. wear it however the fuck you want. Ooh. Mechanically, prices for goods that you purchase are gonna be five to fifty percent less expensive, depending on what the item is. Wow. Than you would normally expect. And you can almost always find someone who's interested in buying what you're selling. You said it was you said it was shiny? It's yeah, silver, it's shiny right? and silver. Yeah. Jack, Doran, what else are you guys interested in? Jack is tur- turns away from everybody else and takes a swing or two with this gnomish sword, which he realizes is remarkably the size of the dagger he's been practicing with mm-hmm. a, the last day or two. Uh, yeah. and, and just, you know, gets a feel for it to see how it compares. This short sword is a simple plus one short sword, although its handle is decorated with some lovely rubies. Wonderful. Mm. Um, ruby, yeah, think- ruby, ruby, ruby. <laughs> a little bit. Less exciting than the others, admittedly. But it's magic, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a plus one. one. Yeah, I think I think Jack, um, you know, brings it over and says, "This is an incredibly crafted short sword. Uh, just look at the detail in this ruby handle. It's something else. Handles like magic, and sort of leaves it open for anyone who might want it. And then dumps it into the bag of holding to rattle around <laughs> with the other things he's throw collected. it in the bag. <laughs> Mari tries something. She keeps the cloak on and she picks up the the short sword and she goes back to Jack because he knew what it was and she goes, how much would you pay for this? 
<laughs> uh, I mean, at least for... double what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Doran, like a child, has this like helmet, this crush helmet, and this ornamental skull, and he like puts this helmet on his hand. He's kind of like, you know, oh, oh, this might be like a little. And he wanders over to where Red's standing, and he's like, oh, and he sets the skull down on the helmet. And he looks at down at he's like a watch and a whistle, and he's like, oh, he picks up the whistle. <laughs> he just blows it <laughs> nice and loud and then it doesn't even take a second no one hears a thing ever again yeah, you're all fucking <laughs> you're deaf yeah, forever <laughs> oh I guess it's broken what the hell and he shakes it I guess it doesn't work throw it in the bag you know what I've heard of particular you know wait silly question like dogs exist in this world right <laughs> like normal dog. Oh yeah, that's right. We got Kieran. That's right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. That was a silly. Never mind. Oh my god. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Oh my god. Okay, okay. Let's not dwell on it. <laughs> Guys, just. Keep going. I mean, it is a magical familiar. I get it. It's it's pretty out there. Hey, it did just because it didn't just because it didn't make any noise that we heard. Uh, I mean, you've been so many dogs. You heard of? Uh, okay. <laughs> Hey, listen. We've all heard of dog whistles. Maybe it's maybe it's not broken. Maybe maybe it's, maybe it summons some sort of animal. Something can hear it that we can't. I don't know. Well, there's a dragon on it, Doran. Oh shit. Oh shit. No. Oh. Doran pockets it. He's like, okay. Maybe it'll hurt their ears. Red picks up the watch and stares at it intently. <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> what is this? It, but you haven't opened it yet. Did you open it? No, I, and I opened the pocket watch. Ah, mm. It's time stops. Inside, a bunch of different faces spring out, and they're all different colors. Some of them have numbers that you recognize. Some of them are showing, like, weather. Um, this this pocket watch with a multitude of faces and dials tracks the time and spatial orientation of different planes of existence. <gasps> I love it. It can assist people who are trying to travel between the planes. Ooh, how cool is that? Hey. And it looks so good on me. And Red tucks it into <laughs> his vest and like puts it in his little things. There's a little chain hanging here. And he's like, doesn't it match my cloak so well? It really completes your ensemble. Looks very cool. I can see Rob just silently <laughs> fuming Jack, Jack over seething, there. Jack seething. Both. Why not? Well, both? no. It, uh, it's it's a uh, very red for that to happen, isn't it? What? What do you mean? It's very red for that to happen. I like this. Can I like things? Yeah, Jack? absolutely can. It's super cool. I, you know, I, I love that we have a shared fascination with it. You know, maybe like that puzzle box where we really kind of got to. Yeah, oh, the portable hole. And Red walks to the room staring at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Like dead, like the janitor in Scrubs. <laughs> when Red storms out, Jack thinks, well, fine then, and pulls out his portable hole and starts scooping the treasure into it, like all the coins and stuff on the floor. just to- Yeah. Ooh. All the coins. Yes. Oh, yeah. Good call. Um, you, you get exactly 3,141 uh, gold pieces worth of coins. Wow. Wow. Way to Wonderful. go, guys. Way to go. Good job. <laughs> we really, good really, job, everyone. Really. And, and seeing nobody else pick up the sh- short sword, Jack tucks it on his, you know, on his belt and thinks, all right, then. Cool. You guys solved my treasure room. Good Wait, job. Good, tre- good treasure room. Good treasure room.
Doran sort of turns to Jack. He's like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get some more praxin with that. Trust me. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. What was the word you just said? Trust me. Praxis. What's praxis? Combat practice. practice? Oh, my God. I'm so <laughs> confused. I thought you were talking about, isn't there a dragon named Paraxis or something? Oh, that's hilarious. No. No, I don't think so. Praxis Praxis is a word. Shit, you're hearing dragons now, Red, just because I whistled that thing. Praxis the Scarlet Dragon. What what, what did that goblin note say? Gink says to go somewhere and that's how we're going to escape. But watch out for the blob. The other direction we haven't traveled is, is I guess, I'm guessing towards the farm. Uh, let me find the, the note and Jack digs around in his pouch to say, Gink tells that the whole stupid gnomish place is old, is broken. Follow Gink to farm, then down. Goo ate Strack. Right. There's some kind of goo or ooze or something. We've certainly heard of those being... Didn't those other people say they had ooze problems as well? Yeah, I remember the, the Zentarum. Jack spits a little. Hmm. I don't know about you all, but I'm... I'm kind of uh, wanting to move along here, you know. Let's do it. Mm. There's two spots uh, you guys haven't been to yet. There's the southern area um, from this corridor, and then there's also another gear room that you haven't been able to gain access to yet. Right. Do you take the dynamite? That's the other question. You know what you could use dynamite for? Explosions. I will tell you, dropping the dynamite or falling from a height while holding it is going to make it explode. Yeah, I, this might be something for the portable hole. Uh, or the bag of holding, rather. I think it's more fun if it would explode the bag, personally. Yeah, so let's put it in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool stuff. The thing that she wants to happen, let's do the opposite of. <laughs> you put it in the it hole and it explodes the hole. <laughs> I guess the only other thing I was thinking, Doran, I wonder if Mari could fix that that helmet you found. Well... Hey, yeah. I mean, I was going to work on it when we get to some sort of... Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to take a project away from you. No, no. I I mean, (laughs) hey, like it's probably not worth anything. It's probably not worth my time to to mend it. So it might be... I don't even care anymore. (laughs) He just drops it. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's the difference. And I I guess that's... I'd love to see what it looked like made by the gnomes rather than... Great. Just to see what that's like. And if you decide, we decide we want to, you know, see what it looks like the the Doran version sure, of it. Yeah. There's there's definitely that. Sure, Mari, would you mind fixing this and let me know? Let, sure. Let's take a look she, at what it looks real, it like. She, uh, she runs her hand over it, and the the dents and everything sort of push outwards, back to the original shape. Cool, you you fixed the helmet, <laughs> and she hands it back to Doran. Mm. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sort of like a piece of my gauntlet. Doran's going to have like a really weird puppet show later on. I'll figure it out for you guys. He pockets it. <laughs> well, I'm the little goblin. I'm the little <laughs> Cool. All right. Where do you guys go next? Let's head to the south. Yeah. Yeah. As we're maybe walking by the stairs, I might just pop down them to tell Veranda, we're alive. We're okay. We're still haven't yeah. made the place entirely safe yet. So maybe better if you stay here. But uh, we're, we're all good. Oh. There you are. Yeah, I've been playing dragon chess with Kieran. He's awfully good at it, isn't he? They're actually really they cheat. good. Yeah, they're what? they're uh, they do not cheat. They cheat. There was like an explosion earlier. Yep. Anyway, there was. Fine. Yeah, it you, was. Jack. You guys have fun. Kieran's like, this is the best. <laughs> Cheetah. Are you picking a fight with a dog? Well, the dog does cheat. The non-canonical dog. <laughs> Red's just looking at this new pocket watch as he's like walking down and he's like misjudging the time. He's like. We've been here for 20 minutes. 
And he tucks it back into his waistcoat pocket. Because <laughs> you're, like, reading the time in, like, the abyssal... Yeah, like, I don't the know the abyss difference. or whatever. Yeah. You find yourselves in the entrance to a large open room cluttered with debris, maybe 70 feet across. The floor is different here to the worked stone in the corridor and elsewhere. It's stained a duller, muddier gray, and you feel the grit of dirt underfoot. Several broken pallets are tossed in a corner, and shelves and crates line the walls. Tilled earth in plots of land are laid out in front of you in a grid pattern. The crops grown here are long dead, desiccated leaves and stalks curled into curious shapes and gourds smashed to pieces, unfamiliar seeds in a slick of dried entrails. Mm. Near to the center of the room on the ground lies something fresher, not covered in dust, and it looks bloody. Hmm. Red's looking up and around in the darkened corners. Mm. As Mari enters the room, Mari, suddenly, you are knocked to the ground and almost crushed by the weight of something huge falling on top of you. Oh, no. It's disgustingly wet and smells like rot and some strong chemical in its jelloid body. Takes just a second to recover from the impact of falling from the ceiling onto you before it reshapes itself and begins slinging out pseudopod arms in all directions trying to devour someone. What the heck? There's a body of a partially digested humanoid wobbling around inside the creature and some various other debris. I think I found out what the goo is. Mm. I mean, we all knew that was coming, Mari. Damn. Everybody roll for initiative. In your defense, we didn't warn you. You did not. But always look up. Mm. You did not. I wasn't thinking either. All right. Mari, what'd you get? 15. Red? 9. Jack? 16. Thorin? Uh, 12. Mari, you take 10 acid damage and 6 bludgeoning damage. Sweet. Get ready this creature for a trip. Use your <laughs> <laughs> <Use, laughs> you. coat. Bother with it. <laughs> Don't kill me for 50%. Please, no killy. Thank you. <laughs> you receive... I receive. Um, okay, great. So this creature just fell on top of you, and it's really big and gross, and it gave you some bludgeons and some acids, and now it's Jack's turn. Wait, I have acid defense. What? Ooh. I have defense against acid. That's part. Of, it's just part of being <laughs> a water genasi. Thank goodness you remembered that. Whoa, yes. really? Defense in what way? What is that like? Resistance. Resistance. Yeah. She's got a lawyer. <laughs> like, you can't do that. Excuse me, sir. You can't actually attack <laughs> here. This is not allowed. Yeah, it, it serves. This is completely unconstitutional. You need to get out of here right yeah, now. Yeah, it, it runs in and, and serves the giant blob. <laughs> okay. You are now in court. You have resistance, resistance to acid, acid damage. Yeah. Wow, cool. You're being served. Defense against <gasps> and you can breathe underwater. Yeah. What? You take half. Jack. Jack pulls out Dazan's wand instinctively, points it at this ooze, and starts blasting firebolts that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoa, crit. That's a natural 20. Hey! Those are rare from you. It's, well it's true. It might be like the second in ever, but uh, 14 fire damage as I light up this blob of acid and Excellent. move deftly further away from it along the wall of this uh, farm room. Jack starts running through the corn. Yeah. I'm just kidding. It's all dead. <laughs> Mari, it's your turn. You are occupying the same space as the creature, so it's like trying to engulf you right now. What do you do? She's holding the moon sickle, but 
She's not going to use that because she's going to use Guiding Bolt. Cool. So make a ranged spell attack. I rolled a dirty 20 on that. That hits. How much damage? 13 radiant damage. Excellent. A bright beam of light comes down and slams into this horrible gelatinous thing. Mm, Nice. And lights it up like a TikTok teen's bedroom full of fairy lights. (laughs) Jesus. Nice. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, To be politically correct, I think you're thinking Twitch streamer. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. I'm totally kidding. Doran, it's your turn. Doran kind of stands there a little bit in shock. He looks over at Jack in red. He says, um, if I uh, attack this thing with an axe, is it going to do anything or? Be real careful not to hit Mari. No. But I also don't know if traditional weapons work on it. I guess there's only one way to find out. And, oh, but I get to roll, um, advantage? Yes, with advantage. 24 to hit. Excellent. You do. Doing 19 points of damage. Doran. As you attack this slime and orc splitter cleaves straight through its jelloid substance, a bunch of like acid goo sprays up at you and you take seven acid damage. Additionally, you chop it in half. Oh. Oh. So these two oozes are pretty excited about murderous pseudopoding. Mm-hmm. Don't love and that. And Doran, you, I believe, still have one attack, if you like. All right, Doran's going to forego one of his attacks and use his combat superiority, and part of that will be my commander strike. So he turns to Red. Nice. Red, chopping it in half just makes it worse. Then now we've got two problems. Fire some arrows into the blob, will you? On it, buddy! But you're going to add a D8 to whatever you, if you hit. Yeah. What am I adding to this? One. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. And red fires. 23 to hit. Yeah. Perfect. Red sees that Doran and Mari are in range of the bursting arrow, but he knows if these things expand, things are going to get dangerous. So he fires at the one to the south, and it explodes on impact. Which is going to be... Now, here's an interesting question. Because the ooze got halved, is it damaged? Yes. Okay. Ah. Because I get to roll additional die if it's damaged. Yeah. Perfect. It's a good question. If you have a jar full of jelly and you take a couple spoons out of it. Wait, wait. Where did the spoons come from? And then you you upend the jar and you cut the jar in half. I thought you just had a jar full of jelly. Well, you just spoon it. Oh. And then you upend the jar and you cut the jelly in half. Mm -hmm. Is it... Is the jelly fine? No. It's it's too... No. It's two jellies. So if you have this ship life. and you take all the different parts and you replace them with a new part, <laughs> is it the same ship or a different ship? Is this the ship? jelly of my grandfather? Call the ship Theseus. Yeah. Theseus is jelly. <laughs> this is going to turn into a deep philosophical Ooze discussion. Ooze of Theseus. All right. Anyway, <laughs> the one in the middle is going to take 22 damage, force damage as it explodes. And the one to just the north of it, as well as Doran and Mari, both of you take three damage as well. Jelly shrapnel <laughs> pelts everyone within a 10-foot radius. Okay, we got slime turns. The slime that's between Doran and Mari takes a big, deep slime breath and exhales what? an acid spray Gross. Uh, at Doran and Red. Um, <clears throat> I need you guys to make a dexterity saving throw for me, please. Fuck no you! problem. I mean, yeah, no problem. It's going to be a dirty 20 for me. It's going to be 18 for me. Okay. You each take 20 
acid damage. So half of that on your successful save is 10 acid damage. The other slime slimes on over to... How many times you can say slime in their action scene? The slime? The slime slimes over to Jack. Slimily. Slimingly. (laughs) Shut up. Slorps around the slime. Slimily slimes over to Jack. (laughs) It glorches everything. And does the cha-cha slime. It extends a sloopy uh, arm towards you and tries to slap you with it. Yeah, I I mean. The fact that it was slapped. You you cad. Slimy slime. You mean she extends a slimy slime and slimes him? Yeah, I only rolled an 11. Uh, an 11. Jack's got... Did you add slime? I didn't add my slime modifier. <laughs> Jack's got this, this Zosenbaffel chief sword, and he, he slaps the pseudopod from the slimy critter away, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, do you do slashing damage with the sword? Uh, what, Splitting it? I Presumably, I just... It, <laughs> it contributes to my AC, and I am not hit. But excellent, well done. But a short sword does piercing um, damage, not slashing damage. In any case, oh fuck me, then I guess depends on how you use it, I suppose. Red, it's your turn. Poking time. Um, that's the fifth time you said Zoffs and Buffle. <laughs> Jack, the place deserves to be remembered. Do I get paid every time? There's a difference between remembering and overplaying I it. I thought it was Stroop Waffle. <laughs> that's Toaster Strudel. <laughs> Red pulls out his bow when he fires at the thing in front of Mari. <laughs> Mm-hmm. This will be a regular arrow, and I will hit with a dirty 20. You do. How much damage? We're going to find out. 23 damage. Wow. You rolled double deuces, and it's 23? Yeah, because my, my dexterity is four. Dang. My bow adds one. My sharpshooter adds I ten. don't need the math. I'm just, just Im- you know. impressed mm-hmm. at your build. Well built. Thank you. Good uh, job. I really just want to see what the arrow does, though. Yeah, the arrow, like, schlorps right into the creature, and it, it shudders in agony. Oh, Perfect. Then I'll fire again. Like that's a good read. It definitely hurt it. Yeah. Yes. That's another. Pain. That's twenty-one to hit. Nice. Twenty-two damage. Yeah, Red. Your arrow sinks deep into the jelloid center of this slime, and it explodes in its death throes, showering Doran and Mari with acid once more. Sorry. <laughs> Stop that. Uh. <laughs> Next time I'll let it live and eat you. Each of you takes seven points of acid damage. Jack, it's your turn. You're being menaced by a slime. I don't love it. I, I swing again with my fancy new ruby short sword, just picturing the, the force of my blade telekinetically tossing this thing away from me. Can it make me a strength mm. saving throw, please, as I try to shove it back? I try my best. Oh, so you're just swinging it like a sword. A sword. I'm just swinging it like an idiot. But Ooh, 15? It flies back five feet from the force of my slash. Nice. Good. It does. Uh, and then... Holstering Dazan's wand, I pull out the Spellguard sphere, and a booming sound uh, rings out from it, and I toll the dead. Can it make me a wisdom saving? Did you say holstering the wand? It did. So you were holding your short sword and your wand? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Dual wielding. (laughs) The fact that he holstered the wand, it's like... Nine. (laughs) He gives the sword out, but he holsters the wand. (laughs) Well, I needed the sphere because it's just, it feels more appropriate. You can holster the sword. It's it's funny to holster He doesn't have a sword holster. He has a wand holster. 19 necrotic damage as I start to tear this thing apart from the inside, sucking... It's like a pocket protector. It it doesn't have much of a soul, I imagine, but it does have whatever life force is holding this goo together starts slime. to evaporate. Yeah. Slime. Whoa. No it's got a slime soul. <laughs> yeah. I'd... It's not It's not like anything. It's like a slime, guys. The slime slimes slimingly and it well, dies. Slimingly. 
It's slimes. Necrotic it somehow slime. splashes Dorn with more acid. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the other side of the room. God damn it. Slime like, is a real slime you. ball. Yeah. Uh, Jack, your necrotic energy just shreds this creature and it turns into a puddle of goo oh. on the floor. Gross. <sighs> and that's why you look up, Mari. Again to our wonderful Patreon supporters Alexander, Amanda Kitchener, Anne, Artistic Witch, Braden, Brian Blass, Brianna Weber, Michael Weber, Bryn Marie, Cecil Lee Wilson, Colin Burkhart, Cherry Rose, Creature, Cytosine, Daniel, Haley, Harpo the Marks, J, JD, Joy, KR, KM, Cade, Lasagna, Last Ruth on the Left, Lead, Mari Kaniski, Matilda Rushing, Melissa, Melon, Michelle Kahn, Moss, Nimble Dingo, Reagan, Ren, Roberta, S-Ray 96, Tama, Tara, Trapper 939, Xander, and Zach. Ooh, thank you so much. Ooh. I guess my Google doesn't come into play here. What are you Googling? Would peeing into some kind of acid neutralize it? <laughs> no, that's not oh, how it Jesus works. Christ. Hold on, your play was as Doran to piss on the acid? Well, since it's 90% pee, it says it's... Hey, Doran, it's dead. You can still try. Kind of I mean, the, the pH of urine should be around 6 to 7.5, which is very slightly acidic. Slightly, which, yeah. Doesn't really... But hey, I think, Doran, it's dead. You can still try. <laughs> Red points at the, the way. Dead. No, Doran doesn't say that. D and D. This is Alex. It's a lot more like up, a base. Unzips and urinates on the. Dead so they're both creature. dead. Dun dun dun. dun, dun yeah, dun, they're, they're well. <laughs> both halves of the same creature are dead. Right. Yes. I mean, you could do that if you go. If I pee on it, will like neutralize the acid, yeah. and then everyone can go, "What the hell?" And then at the end, you can pee on its corpse. Either that no. or <laughs> Doran's in the corner no. peeing on himself. <laughs> No, I hate all of the P endings. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> all right, let's stop recording and I'll figure it out. Well, post. either cool. that or we That's could come up with a together. quick uh, one-liner. Nah. Go for it. Everyone be as clever as you can. Three, two, one. Well, this was a... And that's why you look up, Mari. a slimy situation. <laughs> what a... No, mine was better. All right, let's stop. <laughs> Beautiful. Done. <laughs>